Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Aren't adventurers supposed to have a specific purpose? What are you doing on this quest? Just meeting strangers? Yep, my purpose is to have no purpose. Though, I sort of find purpose as I go. My basket! It's missing! I have tried many means of defense, but none have yet proven successful. I just wish someone would succeed in getting that darn sword. I am under attack by this ruffian! I want to be big and strong and fight evil. I have hope that if you show up at her door, she might listen. Want to help me yell at them? With your sword? In a threatening manner? Sidequesting is a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It follows Ryan, an adventurer who's willing to help just about anyone out, as long as they're not being asked to deal with that scary wizard everyone keeps talking about. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. What to build? What to build? Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call! Hammer! Hammer! Wrench! Wrench! Drill! Drill! Great job, Kapow! Great job, Kapow! Oh, no, wait, that's me! Great job, Lucy Wow! Oh, brother! Now all we have to do is turn this thing on! Let the show begin! Hello, dear citizens of the world! I'm Guy Neville! Or perhaps you know me better by my superhero name, guy o Protector of Pflugerville. I know, I know. It's a pretty cool superhero name. Being cool is one of my superpowers. That's why I never put ice in my water. I'm already cool enough. <laughs> Anyway, for today's act of harrowing heroism, I'm subbing in for Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, to talk to you about the art of super invention. What is a super invention? A super invention is an invention that turns a mild-mannered person, like Guy Neville, into a super cool superhero, like guy Now, in order to invent a super invention, you need to have a superpower. But don't worry, you have one. That's right, everyone has superpowers. You have the power of imagination, the power of creation, and the power of invention. And with powers like these, you can change the world. Today we're going to look at the first Avenger and the super invention that he carries. That's right, today we're going to talk about Captain America's shield. You've seen it, a shield as red, white, and blue as the American flag. Whether flying through the air to take out an alien or standing up to a hammer swung by a Norse god, Captain America's shield doesn't just protect the captain, it protects the world. 
Captain America actually has more than one shield. It's like house keys, always a good idea to have a spare. But the most well-known of his shields is a disc shape with a five-pointed star design in its center, and blue, red, and white concentric circles around that. This shield is composed of a unique combination of metals that was originally designed by the US government to create super tough tanks during World War II. Wow! The first metal it has is vibranium, the special metal found only in Wakanda that is unbelievably strong and versatile. The second metal the shield has is American steel. After all, if anyone is going to buy made in the USA products, it's Captain America. The final metal in the shield is adamantium. Now, adamantium is an unbreakable metal, famously used to make Wolverine's claws the dangerous weapons we know and love. Vibranium alone is unbreakable, but mix it with Wolverine's claws and American steel? Huh, it doesn't get any harder than that, which is a good thing, because when you're an Avenger, you never know what's about to try and hit you in the bean. As strong as the shield is, it's not invincible. The shield was once slightly dented by an angry Thor, using his hammer Mjolnir, of course. Luckily, the two heroes made up and Thor fixed the dent himself, again with his hammer. And T'Challa, also known as Black Panther, managed to scratch it with his vibranium claws. But I mean a scratch or two is a fair trade when it comes to saving the world if you ask me. <laughs> Here's the crazy part though, these three metals don't mix together normally. It was an accident! You see, Dr. Byron was experimenting with them, and while he was taking a power nap, they blended together all on their own. The doctor was never able to get them to mix again, so this shield is one of a kind. Now, although we think of the shield as a tool of protection, it is as much an offensive weapon as a defensive one. Captain America uses it against his enemies, mainly by throwing it at them. He can also use it to perform cool tricks, like riding it down a mountain like a snowboard, or using it to absorb the impact of a jump from the top of a building. Boom, <laughs> as cool as the shield is, it was made in the 30s. And so, when Captain America was thawed out of the ice that he'd been in for decades, it was ready for some upgrades. Fortunately, Captain America is friends with a guy named Tony Stark, who is pretty smart. Tony made several electronic and magnetic improvements upon the shield, which allow Captain America to control the shield in flight. Wow! Captain America is one of the Earth's mightiest heroes, and his shield is one of the tools that helps him in his heroic adventures. But remember, it's not the tool that makes Captain America a hero, it's what he does with it. So get out there, my fellow supers, and use your powers of super invention to build some tools that help you be the best person you can be. Hello, dear citizens of the world, I'm Guy Neville. Or perhaps you know me better by my superhero name, guy o protector of Pflugerville. I know, I know, it's a pretty cool superhero name. <laughs> Being cool is one of my superpowers. That's why I can wear a coat in the summer. I stay cool no matter what I'm wearing. Anyway, for today's act of harrowing heroism, I'm subbing in for Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, to talk to you about the art 
of super invention. What is a super invention? A super invention is an invention that turns a mild-mannered person like Guy Neville into a super cool superhero like guy o -Matic. Now, in order to invent a super invention, you need to have a superpower. And I have good news. You have one. In fact, you have more than one. You have the power of imagination, the power of creation, and the power of invention. With powers like these, my Gaiomatic fanatics, you can invent a tool to help you heroically help the world, just like me. Today's invention didn't just help a world, though. It helped the whole galaxy. A galaxy far, far away, that is. I'm talking about... The lightsaber. Now, if you've ever seen a Star Wars movie or a TV show, you've seen a lightsaber. The lightsaber, or laser sword, is a tool used by the Jedi to bring balance to the Force. And look cool, of course. <laughs> a typical lightsaber is a glowing blade made of magnetically contained plasma, or glowing energy. The energy blade is usually about three feet long and comes shooting out of a metal handle at the push of a button. Now, a lightsaber may look like it would be fun to play with, but it takes a lot of skill and training to use it properly. A lightsaber works even better if the person holding it can channel the force, but I can't tell you how to do that part. I'm not Yoda, after all. Now, the lightsaber is a tool, and like all tools, it's only as heroic as the person who uses it. So, while the Jedi or warriors of good and light use it to help, the Sith, the Dark Jedi, use it to hurt. The color of the lightsaber's blade is given by its power source, the kyber crystal, but also can be influenced by the user's emotions and thoughts. So while both Jedi and Sith carry lightsabers, because of their different paths and beliefs, their plasma blades have different colors. The Jedi use mostly blue, green, and yellow, while the Sith only use red lightsabers. So if you see a red lightsaber coming your way, look out, that isn't a Jedi. Oh. A lightsaber is built by its user, and so, like snowflakes, every lightsaber is unique. There are even double-bladed lightsabers, uh, most famously used by Darth Maul, and Kylo Ren's unique crossguard lightsaber. And let's not forget about the lightsaber sound. Woom. <laughs> because of that plasma energy, lightsabers give off a distinctive hum, which rises in pitch and volume as the blade is moved rapidly through the air. <laughs> Bringing the blade into contact with another lightsaber's blade produces a loud crackle. As I've said before, every Jedi or Sith has to make their own lightsaber. It's one of the most important parts of force training. It's the only way for a young Jedi or Padawan to prove that they're ready to advance to the next level in their education. It's not an easy thing to build. The builder doesn't just have to use tools. They have to use the force in order to align the delicate components and connect the various complex circuits. And there aren't any YouTube videos to help them out either. A lightsaber can cut through almost anything, even a laser-proof blast door. Because it's so powerful, the only way to block the incoming attack of a lightsaber is basically with another lightsaber. But that's okay, because a lightsaber isn't just for attacking, it's also built for defending. A lightsaber can deflect blaster bolts and even reflect the shots back towards the shooter. But, uh, oh, that takes practice. Preferably blindfolded practice. Now, as cool as a lightsaber is, 
in a galaxy filled with blasters, world-destroying weapons, and high-flying X-Wings, why would anyone choose a lightsaber? The answer is because it's elegant and controlled. Unlike those other weapons, it takes skill and is precise, which prevents reckless use that would injure everyone around the user. You see, the idea behind the lightsaber, no matter what the Sith say, is that it is used to bring an end to conflicts, not cause damage to the world around it. Like we always say, it's not the invention that makes the hero, it's the way the hero uses the invention. So focus, young Padawans, and try to make this galaxy a better place with everything you do. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, dear citizens of the world. I'm Guy Neville. Or perhaps you know me by my superhero name, Guy-O-Matic, protector of Pflugerville. As a superhero, I try to do at least one heroic thing each day. And for today's act of harrowing heroism, I'm subbing in for Kapow, so I can talk to you about the art of super invention. People often say to me, Guyomatic, I want to be just like you, but I don't have any awesome superpowers. But they're wrong. Everyone has superpowers, even you. You have the power of imagination, the power of creation, and the power of invention. And with powers like these, you can change the world. Now, today's invention is a special one, because it was suggested by a listener just like you. <laughs> That's right, our friend Grayson recommended we take a look at a galaxy far, far away for a super invention. And so today, we'll be looking at... The Millennium Falcon. You probably know the Millennium Falcon as the super-fast ship piloted by Han Solo and Chewbacca. From the Death Star to Endor, this vessel has played a part in many of the most important battles fought against the Empire. But it didn't start out that way. The Millennium Falcon started out as a boring old cargo ship, one of the many YT-1300 vessels designed to lug around boxes and trash. The YT-1300 was fairly basic, but it had one feature that made it better than other cargo ships. You could customize it and make it special. Oh. And boy, did the Falcon become special. Let's take a look at some of the ship's most iconic custom parts. We'll start with the massive radar dish sticking out from the top of the Falcon. Han Solo likes to say that he never ran from a fight where the odds weren't even or better. But the truth is that sometimes it's better to avoid fights altogether. That's the reason Han installed this dish. It allows the Falcon to spot enemy vessels 
before they know the Falcon is even there, letting Han and Chewie change their course and stay undetected. And changing course is a piece of cake thanks to the Falcon's custom engine. The Falcon's hyperdrive system allows it to go beyond hyperspeed, making it twice as fast as any Imperial warship. But it's not just fast, the Falcon can go the distance. It has four fuel tanks in the ship's power core to give it extended range and only needs refueling about once a month. Now, one of the coolest parts of the Millennium Falcon is the name, Millennium Falcon. That name was given to it by Landonus Balthazar, Lando Carl Rizian. Lando is a smuggler, gambler, entrepreneur, and card player who became Baron Administrator of Cloud City and later a general in the Rebel Alliance. How did Lando end up with the ship? He won it in a game of cards, of course. And if a cool guy like Lando is going to fly a ship, you better believe he's gonna give it a cool name. So that's how the Millennium Falcon was born. Lando and the Falcon had many adventures together, but the most famous was an escape from Kessel. Lando and the Falcon did the Kessel run in 13 parsecs, which was faster than anyone had ever done it before. But as much as Lando loved the Millennium Falcon, he was a gambler, and he eventually lost it to Han Solo in a game of cards. Now, while Lando made the Falcon cool, Han made it look beat up. That's right, Han wanted the Falcon to look old and slow. You see, for a smuggler like Han, you want a ship that's powerful, but that doesn't draw attention. So Han and Chewbacca heavily and uh, illegally modified nearly every part of the ship to hide how amazing it really was. Remember when Luke said, what a piece of junk, when he first laid eyes on it? That was just what Han wanted everyone to think. Inside the main cargo hold, the Falcon is fitted with a game room that features a holographic game table. This was installed at Chewbacca's request. <laughs> Chewbacca was a champion gamer on his home planet, and he figured that since they were cooped up together, he and Han could play all the time. But as much as Chewbacca tried to teach Solo how to play, Han never was able to handle losing to the big furball. As we always say here, it's not the tool that makes the hero, it's how the hero uses the tool. The Millennium Falcon was built to be a smuggling craft, which means it was created to break the law. But when it was chartered by Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, that all changed. With the help of a little super invention, this vessel for crime became a tool for freedom and justice. And Han, Chewie, Lando, and Luke used this tool to become the galactic heroes we all know and love. Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Guy Neville's Power of Super Invention podcast. Come back next week when I'll be covering more super inventors and super inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true. There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with a mechanical pygmy goat kapow. Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger. Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner. I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. <laughs> and you can too. Keep on the lights, folks. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way. And don't forget, Friday's Listener Mailbag. If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or little old me, send it to Guy at GoKidGo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. It's very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. 
Until next time, this is Guyomatic signing off. Go, kid, go! Go, kid, go! Food is an important part of our lives. Not only do we need it to be strong and healthy, but it can be a way we connect with others, like when you're sitting around the dinner table with friends or family. So what happens when someone commits a food crime? Food crimes are things like sneaking Halloween candy before school with a sibling, or making dessert that only you like, even when the whole family was looking forward to dessert. There are two sides to every story. So when a food crime is committed, we simply have to hear the whole truth. And in the show Food Crimes, you can listen as real kids bring their real stories to the food court. They explain the crime in question and make their case to the judge. So if you'd like to see if justice is served, be sure to listen to Food Crimes wherever you listen to podcasts.